Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And get ready. It's time once again for another edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, featuring the spirit-centered wisdom of our foundress, Mother Mary Angelica, PCPA, as she responds to the calls and questions from our EW10 family over the years on our live show. And joining me, I'm Doug Keck, is Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain here at Mm -hmm. EWTN. And uh, one of the Mm -hmm. topics on this particular program is going to be about a man who knows where he's going and Mother Angelica's trip to Vegas. (laughs) And that one I want to ask you about. I'm not sure. Were you on that trip? No, I wasn't on that trip. That was before my time. So (laughs) that was when the network was just getting started. And they were trying to get on different cable systems. Right, exactly. So that probably <laughs> would have been if you had an 81. That was probably in the early 80s. Yes. 85. And there's a famous story about Mother and the Playboy <laughs> Channel, as I recall. Yeah, I don't know much about that one, except that uh, they were rather embarrassed they to were, see this non-facing Yeah, yeah the <laughs> young ladies were a little embarrassed when Mother went walking by. And I, unfortunately, I have to acknowledge that I actually worked on that channel at one time <clears throat> in my dim, distant past. Mm-hmm. And... and uh, but as Mother Angelica said to me when I told her that, she said, that's why you're here, sweetie. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> to do something different. That's very right. Very different. Exactly. Different direction. <laughs> Praise God. We're glad you're here, Doug. Right. So one of the things that happens in, in this particular call is person really talking about why these bad things are allowed to happen to good people in some ways. And even the Psalms speak about this. Psalm 37, I often think of this. It talks about, you know, why do the good or the evil prosper? But then it goes on to say that they slide destruction. I passed by again and they were gone. You know, that, yes, as Mother brings out here, on the outside they may be seeming to have, uh, f- having fun, for example, and yet inside there's this turmoil, there's this lack of peace, there's this lack of joy that's interior. Mm-hmm. Well, it's amazing to me in some ways. I think we see it more today. So many of these people who are quote-unquote celebrities, and then mm-hmm. we read, about the ruin of their lives and yeah. how things fall apart. And you keep trying to say to people, do you see? Mm-hmm. There's turmoil, like you said. There's inside, there's despair and desolation mm-hmm. because the world can't satisfy that inner need that St. Augustine talked about, right? That's right. You can have it all. And how many times we've had people in a journey home or programs here, they had it all. Everything the world says you need to be happy and yet it didn't bring them happiness. It was only when they found the Lord that they found that peace that they were seeking. Right, and another insight I think Mother talks about in here is about the idea we suffer for ourselves and we suffer for others. And when we get that right, I think it makes it a lot easier. Let's see what Mother had to say about her trip to Las Vegas. We have a call. Hello? Uh, Hello? Yes, Mother? Yeah, where are you from? Springfield, Illinois. And what is your question? Earlier, you said that God doesn't necessarily make certain things happen, but he permits them to happen. Yeah. My question is, there are so many good people that have so much suffering mm. through their life here on earth, mm-hmm. and God apparently allows this to happen, right. and yet we see so many people who are basically evil, yeah. uh, drug dealers, 
<laughs> well, I think that's a problem with everybody, huh? Everybody's got that same problem. The psalm said that. He said, I looked around, all the bad have good times, and look at me. Until he said, I saw their last end. Their last end. Why do the good suffer? The same reason Jesus suffered. He suffered to redeem us. We suffer for ourselves. We suffer for others. But the end is what's important. So you're looking at this life only. The bad, why are they have it so good? They may be the only good they'll ever have. The only good they'll ever see. But no person bad, as you say, has peace inside. I don't believe that. I've known murderers and I've known prostitutes. I've known every kind of people that do every possible thing. They never had peace. Those who killed fear killed, being killed. Those who steal fear others will steal from them. Those on drugs fear they'll never have another one. Those who push drugs are fearful that they won't get paid, that the one over them will kill them. Those who indulge in prostitution are so fearful, fearful of their pimps, fearful of the man they picked up that night. Thieves and robbers are fearful that as they have robbed, they will be robbed. Embezzlers are fearful that they will be caught. But the man who suffers justly has peace. Peace. He knows where he's going. He knows how to get there. And he knows that all the evil of this life that he must suffer, justly or unjustly, permitted or ordained by God, will be waiting for him in that kingdom. While the others who seem to enjoy, what do they enjoy? Big cars? Trips? I went to Las Vegas when we were having our first time, first couple of years, we had our, our network. And um, I had a big cable convention there. And I went with the marketing department because we were just a couple years old and everybody felt I should go. And I got off the plane and these old women that were had looked like they had one foot in the grave ran in the, in the airport for the slot machines. Couldn't wait to get the crummy hotels, you know smoke-filled music that was enough to blow your brains out, women doing dances half-dressed, and everybody, so many people drunk. For what? So I'm having a good time. <laughs> I noticed this one man, he seemed to be having a good time. We had to pass this, all this stuff. There was no way. In fact, 60 Minutes was with me. I ain't taking all this. Oh, I'll take a look at... Six maybe running through the casino. But there was no other place you had. In order to get your hotel, they make you go through all these crummy places, see? Well, I saw this woman at breakfast. 
dinner, supper. She didn't, pockets didn't look full. Yeah, she just kept on putting quarters, nickels, whatever they are. And then I, I saw her the next morning. She looked a wreck. Probably lost all she'd had, maybe drank too much. And there she was sitting in the lounge. I felt so sorry for her. And then I saw her kind of waddle over to the next slot machine. That's not life. And that's not living. Blessed are those good people who suffer in this life with peace and joy. Moving ahead, a similar type situation dealing with suffering on this program, and Mother talks about it in relation to how Mother Teresa dealt with it. Yes, and it can get wearing. You know, sometimes we in the confessional, you kind of get beat down by all of the human suffering and struggles and all of these things, even as priests, that we can kind of get beat down by these things. But we have a crucifix in our confessional, right, that we can look upon that. And we know that there is divine help so that we can be a refuge for others when the Lord is, a, when the Lord is our refuge. And I think that's what Mother's bringing out here, that you keep your eyes not on the problems, which are many, but on Jesus. Right, and I think the connection she alludes to here in, uh, in her response that's coming up in, in relation to Mother Teresa was the way she always <clears throat> dealt with the idea that when dealing with the poorest, the poor, especially mm -hmm. how do you deal with this, these people who are suffering, the lepers, yeah. it's, it's seeing Jesus in that person, mm -hmm. uh, no matter what's going on. And if you can try and keep that in, in your mind, right. you can deal with it better. Yeah, and that we see him in a distress in disguise, but he's here, he's there. And so you love Jesus as he is, as he's presented. And I think together with living in the present moment, this is what's before me now, I'm going to look at this, not at the huge, overwhelming picture, but this person right now. A perfect point, dealing with suffering. I have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Pennsylvania, Ringtown, Pennsylvania. What's your question? Mother, I work... Uh, in what is called a student assistance program. And I, I work with about seven different school districts in a, mm -hmm. in a small county in Pennsylvania here. And I'm dealing constantly with, with children uh, everywhere from ages 8th grade up through 12th grade yeah. with suicides, uh, oh, self-mutilation, yeah. uh, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse. You name it, I, I mean, I deal with it. Yeah. And kids who are really, really hurting, really in a lot of pain, come from very dysfunctional families where there's a lot of pain. And I guess it, my question is, how do I keep... Uh, it's not that I despair, but I find myself getting a real negative oh, yeah. kind of an outlook. You know, I'm, I'm, help, I'm trying to help these kids, and, you know, half the time you run into a brick wall. I do pray for them at times, but within the, the field itself, I guess, it seems that a lot of the professional people themselves have, uh, shall we say, a lack of faith. They're either agnostic or outright atheistic in their belief systems, and I really struggle, you know, trying to get across uh, to these people, you know, that there is a God, and, and just like you were saying earlier, He is in control of things. But I yeah. find myself even doubting at times when I, I deal yeah. with this day in and day out, day in, day out. Tomorrow I have to go out 
a little girl was killed, run over by a car, and I'm going to go into an elementary school and try and deal with those issues, deal with the family and deal with these kids. And, you know, St. Augustine, going all the way back to him, had talked about, if there's a good God, how can there be such evil? And I looked at these issues and these kids and the pain, and I myself am in pain trying to deal with it. Yeah. I think what you need to do is, is what Mother Teresa does. She sees the worst kind of poverty, leprosy, people alive being eaten up by maggots, the worst of humanity in every part of the world. And I think a person like you, and I address teachers, priests, religious parents, you must see Jesus in all of this. In all of this, you must see Jesus. Otherwise, you will despair, you will become disheartened, and you lose your faith. You must see Jesus in that abused child. And then when you see him in that child, your love for that child will come out, and that will be the healing element, not what you say. You see a wino or a beggar and you see these children coming and they got black eyes and they're abused. See Jesus crucified with a black eye and abused. What you do to the least you do to me. You above all people, all your social workers and teachers. Mother Teresa is that great example for you. And she never despairs. She has on her face that serenity that comes from constantly saying these little bids. She never forgets who's in charge. She's never forgotten where these children are going. How many lepers has she held in her arms and sent off to the kingdom? If you look only at the horror of what's going on, you lose hope and faith. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we are back, and we thank you for staying with us here on Mother Angelica Answering the Call. I'm Doug Keck with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Our next caller has to do with forgiving yourself. You would mm-hmm. think that's easy, isn't it? Um, not always. And uh, we come across people who have, you know, a dark past in one way or another and in the confessional, and they uh, just have a hard time letting go of that, even though they've heard absolution and they've heard the Lord's forgiveness, yet it's a hard time letting go of that. But I think Mother gives some really good just practical advice, and she talks about, well, it seems kind of stupid to do this. And I'm going to leave it for the Mother to tell this, so you're going to have to listen to this segment of a way in which you can forgive yourself. Right, and it's interesting because one would think, as I alluded to or get it about, you know, the idea, well, I forgive myself, everything's fine. And the trouble is people can say that. But deep down inside, they don't really feel that mm-hmm. way, right? 
Yeah, so we have to see that we need a Savior. We can't save ourselves. We can't go into the past, erase the past, and save ourselves. We need someone to save us. And the good news is we have someone who died for our salvation. He loved us that much. And that's the good news that we're proclaiming on EWTN. Jesus loves you. He forgives you. And he knows you. He knows your past, but he forgives you. Well, I thought recently the Holy Father used an expression where he said, uh, God is not afraid of any of your sins. Mm -hmm. And I I thought that was a good way uh, of thinking Mm -hmm. about that as well, like you said. And and I think it's interesting, too, because a lot of it really has to do with control. We don't want to give up control. Mother talks about pride. You know, we'd say, I can't imagine that I would do that very thing. I remember her talking to this man. He said, you know, Mother, I was never unfaithful to my wife. And she said, that's because you didn't have the opportunity. (laughs) You you don't know your own weakness and tendency that you are very capable of this. Um, We all should have that humility that says, but for the grace of God, there go I. Absolutely. Forgiving yourself. We have another call. Hello? Hello. Mother Angelica? Yeah, where are you from? I'm from West Virginia. And what is your uh, question? My question is this, Mother. Uh, I'm a recent convert this year to the Catholic Church, and uh, you're one of the big reasons. I've been listening to you for now over a year. Please, and I've written you so many letters, you're, we're becoming regular pen pals. <laughs> but my question is this, Mother. I, uh, you know, when we had our confession with Father, uh, I... Uh, have to say that I found such relief, as you said, you know, that I would mm-hmm. when I would go to confession. But what I, what I'm having a problem with is, and what Father told me would be my penance would be to learn to accept, you know, that God has forgiven me. But how do I forgive myself? I, I I'm working on this every yeah. day, and I read my Bible every night, and I have a lot of your literature, and I say my rosaries every evening. And yet I still find that if what I would listen to, to another person, say another person did the same things that I did under the circumstances that I did, I would be able to understand and I would tell them, forgive yourself, move on, and, you know, believe that God has forgiven you and go on with your life and do the best you can and live God's plan. But I don't understand why I can't forgive myself. Well, you're going to join the crowd. It's very difficult to forgive yourself, and that's because of pride, see. Pride subconsciously says to us, I don't believe you did that. And what you need to do is to go to Jesus sometime in the best sacrament and say, Jesus, here I am. I believe that you forgive and forget, see. And I want to forgive myself. If Jesus forgave you, you must forgive myself. You must forgive yourself. So I just say to you, what is your name? You're gone. Whatever your name is, say Mary. Say, Mary, I forgive you. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I forgive you. That may be stupid, but sometimes we need these little simple things. If Jesus forgives and forgets, he doesn't bring it up. He doesn't bring it up. In the life of one of our great mystics, I've said it before, but I don't think this crowd heard. Uh, Her confessor did not believe that Jesus was appearing to her. And so he said to her, well, look, 
I don't believe you. But the next time Jesus comes to you, ask him, what was my last mortal sin? So when Jesus appeared to her, she said, Lord, my confession does not believe you appeared to me. He wants a sign. And the sign is, what was his last mortal sin? And the Lord said, tell him, I don't remember. See? I don't remember. Pride tells us, I don't believe you did it. Humility tells you, I'm surprised I didn't do worse. See the difference? If you're surprised you didn't do worse, then you should forget it. When Jesus forgives, he forgets. You must do the same. And be at peace. The enemy wants to recall it. And if it does come to your mind, say, Jesus, you forgave me. I forgive myself. You try that. And closing out uh, this week's program, an interesting call, Father. Surgery mm -hmm. brought me closer to God. Yeah. You know, and it's a similar story of a man that I met in the piazza up at the shrine. And he... Um, had wanted to be devout in the faith. He got confused. He thought truth was unknowable. And then he got laid up with neck surgery for like three months in a bed. And so he's flipping through the channels, comes across EWTN, Father Groeschel, he mentioned, and Father Rutler. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? I think truth is knowable. <laughs> and it brought him back into the faith. So sometimes we look at the serious or the important things of life, rather, when we're flat on our backs. Right, and again, in some ways, uh, people have that experience because it gives them a time to, to listen and reflect. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where EWTN has that great ability to come underneath your door, mm -hmm. into your home, or through the airways into your car. And, and you can learn and participate and get an understanding mm -hmm. without necessarily risking anything. Exactly. So Mother said, the signal's out there, that's her job then it's up to the Holy Spirit to move those people to, at the right, perfect time, turn on the channel what, to hear what they need to hear. Right. Our job is to soak the earth with the truth, but mm -hmm. it's, it's up to the Lord to make That's converts. Right. Let's see what this person had to say about how surgery brought them closer to God. We have a phone call. Hello? Hello. My Where are you from? Joan. Pardon? Where are you from? I'm from suburb of Chicago, Illinois. Okay. What is your question? I don't have a question. I have a comment. Okay. You were talking about storms in life. Yeah. And I, it recalls, I recall um, the storms I went through and the trials and tribulations that I went through in, in my surgery. I have, I, have a, I have a shunt, and I, have, I had neurosurgery mm -hmm. about 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. And I have a shunt in my head. And I had it had to be done redone twice. And I, the comment I made to the, the producer before the show was that, that it brought me closer to the Lord, and through through a pastoral care minister, it brought me closer to the Rosary too, and our right. Blessed Mother. Right. Well, see, that's that's what what God does. We say, well, I don't need that. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> Some of you people are in such bad shape, and you don't even know it. 
That's what's so bad. You don't know it. We have to know. And that's why we should never have any fear of whatever happens. Because his hand, I'll never forget that young man that came behind me. I was scared for a moment because I didn't know who it was. But I recognized him. And sometimes we don't know who it is, but Jesus is always there. And the Father is always there. And he doesn't want to purify, but he must. You can't read a newspaper. Oh, my, you can't watch the news. So you, you, everybody knows. Don't you all sense that something has to happen to change it? Don't you all sense it? You, you have to, you, you, you must be out of this world if you don't know that. Isn't it better that God does it than someone else? Huh? I would rather suffer under God than anybody else. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.